One of the things I noticed when I would go home is that my parents had expectations and my siblings had expectations from me for my availability to be a lot more spontaneous and on the spot because I was the single woman. I was the single child. My sisters had partners and kids. And so if, you know, they needed something or if, you know, plans were made last minute, it was expected that I rearrange all of my plans to fit into their plans because, hey, why not? I'm, I'm, the, I'm still the kid because I don't have kids. <laughs> so I noticed that was going on a bit and I started – that started to really – bother me. And it made me feel like I was less important than my sisters because I was the one expected to change my plans for everybody else all the time. Welcome to the Women Rewriting the Rules podcast, a production by Gush Living. I'm your host, Sumi. And I'm your host, Ashley. And this is where modern women gather to navigate our way through the maze of personal, financial, and emotional challenges create confidence in our independence, take control of our finances, and achieve ambitious goals, all while loving the life we're currently living. But before we get into the content for today, we want to share something really exciting with you. We are offering a really fun incentive for our day ones, our founding listeners, to help us get this content into the ears of other women who could benefit from it. So if you love this content and you show us your love, we want to pamper you by offering you our very first giveaway, which is a spa day at the Four Seasons Hotel. So if you want a chance to win, there are just three simple steps you can take to get entered. First things first, go ahead and follow this podcast on your podcast app of choice. Next, you're going to write us a short review with a five-star rating. And third, go ahead and share your review on your IG story and tag us at Gush Living. It's really that easy. And once you tag us, we'll pick one lucky winner on January 1st. So get your reviews and shares in now. Let's start the show. All right, we got a really juicy topic for you guys today. We're going to talk about one of the hardest things to do, but one of the things that gives you the greatest sense of satisfaction when you can actually do it. And that thing is boundaries. Boundaries are one of the most crucial tools that you can leverage in your life to have more happiness, more contentment with yourself, and really honor yourself on a regular basis. But they are also often so hard to put into place and to stick to with the relationships that you have in your life. Yeah. You know, there's a saying from a leadership coach that I used to work with that really hit me. And it went like this. He said, of course, your buttons are pushed during visits with family because they're the ones who put them there. Obviously, <laughs> like some of those buttons or triggers really like they start in childhood. And so there are so many times when you'll be at home for the holidays. I speak for myself, but maybe some others can relate where you go home for the holidays and find yourself in this dynamic that you grew up with have now moved on from because you're an adult, you're a grown person, and you just find yourself back in this situation that feels 
uncomfortable and feels like something that you've grown out of, but it's still there because you're with your family. And you might even see and find yourself starting to revert back to ways you used to act when you were a teenager or a preteen. And then thinking to yourself, wait, why am I reacting like this? Haven't I matured? (laughs) So if you're feeling any of those things, just know that you're not alone and it's totally normal. And we're going to talk a little bit today about how to not fall back into those traps and using boundaries. We're going to talk about the types of boundaries that you can be thinking about, the tactical strategies, three tactical strategies to help you communicate and honor your boundaries, and then the benefits of doing that. Yes. I'm so excited to dive in. All right. So Ashley, what do you say are the types of boundaries that there are to implement with family? All of the boundaries, every boundary, (laughs) every one. There are so many different ways when I'm interacting with my family that I realize my boundaries are being pushed. So, you know, you have to consider what is the dynamic of your family when you're there, when you're not there. There's a really interesting concept around boundary ambiguity that creates stress and tension in families when. There's just a little bit of confusion or muddiness in who is actually included in that expected family dynamic. And when you're not 100% for sure because you've grown up, you don't live with your parents anymore, you're an adult of your own right, it can sometimes be confusing to understand, do I abide by these rules and have my own boundaries as an individual or when I'm with my family, am I supposed to fall back into this expected set of boundaries? And way of being and acting. Yes, that that they would expect from me. Mm -hmm. And what I've found for myself and also friends, you know, when you go home, you're always going to be your parents' child. It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter if you're 10 or 50. 50. Yeah. You're, you're still your parent's child. And so while they can recognize that you've grown up and you're your own person, there will still typically be this tendency for them to put you back into the role of being a kid and being coddled or maybe being someone that they need to take care of when at this point you're fully capable of taking care of yourself. Yeah. You know, one of the things I noticed when I would go home is that my parents had expectations and my siblings had expectations from me for my availability to be a lot more spontaneous and on the spot because I was the single woman. I was the single child. My sisters had partners and kids. And so if, you know, they needed something or if, you know, plans were made last minute, it was expected that (laughs) I rearrange all of my plans to fit into their plans because, hey, why not? I'm, I'm, the, I'm still the kid because I don't have kids. <laughs> so I noticed that was going on a bit and I started – that started to really bother me and it made me feel like I was less important than my sisters because I was the one expected to change my plans for everybody else all the time. Yeah, I can kind of relate to that from a different angle and different perspective. So I grew up as an only child. I have a half brother, 
But in the household growing up, I was the only child. And so now for me, when I go home for the holidays, there's this expectation that the entire time that I'm there is a big vacation when the reality is I'm a working adult. I have things that I need to do, clients that I need to respond to, meetings that have to take place. And I've found that a lot of times my family is so happy for me to be home, which I love and I'm really grateful for. But sometimes being in that family environment Also, my schedule doesn't belong to me and there Mm. are expectations on how I should be spending my time, what I should be available for, when I should be available, and having to set firm boundaries in the fact that, no, like I, I can't just drop everything that I'm doing today to go shopping or to help you move a table, which... Maybe it's just me, but every time I go home, there's a piece of furniture that needs to be moved. Um, you oh, know, that's funny. My mom is also the queen of rearranging the house, but she does it all herself. I don't know how. Oh, that She sounds like a strong woman. She's a strong woman. She never works out. I don't know how she does it. <laughs> furniture movers. Um, but yeah, you know, realizing that I'm going to need time to myself when I am at home and not always feeling like that's respected. Yeah. Well, I look at boundaries and I I think you're right. Like boundaries come in all types. You've got boundaries around people's expectations from you, right? Expectations from your of of your presence, of your mood, of what clothes you might ha- have to wear, of your availability, of what kind of conversations uh, you're going to have or anything else. There's, you know, boundaries that you could set around what activities you're willing to do with others or with whomever. There's boundaries you could set around the way that you allow people to still talk to you and treat you basically. Yes. And I think that for so many people is key to having that sense of self when you're at home in a family environment. Are you still feeling respected and still feeling like you're being spoken to in a way that makes you feel like a respected part of the family unit versus someone who's here for a temporary visit and maybe is... Can be pushed around a bit. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, you can set boundaries around how your time is spent, like we've been talking about. You can even set boundaries around the questions people feel the right to ask you. When are you going to have some grandbabies for us? Right. Why are you still single? You do not have to answer those questions if you don't want to. You absolutely don't. So, Sumi, for you... What are some of the ways that you've actually been able to set boundaries when you're at home with your family? Yeah. So I think the biggest strategy that I would offer around this topic is getting clear on what you want. I think, you know, as women, we never ask ourselves that question. Like, what do I want? And if, for example, you're traveling home for the holidays – Get clear on what you want that trip to look like ahead of time. And who do you want to be spending time with? Where do you want to be spending time? What kind of activities do you want to be doing? What kind of conversations do you want to be having? What's your availability to either, you know, hang out with family or like Ashley was talking about, do you have to take some time for work or for your personal routines, which are so important? 
do you take some time to meditate in the morning or to go to the gym or to go for a walk or just be by yourself? Um, so my biggest strategy is getting clear on those things ahead of time and really like taking it as your prerogative to design this trip as you want it. Oh, I love that. Like designing the experience that you want to have in advance and then taking the steps you need to just make that design come to fruition. Yes. So then once you have that plan, when people start to then infringe upon that plan. Now, I'm not saying don't be flexible. You know, you can obviously, you know, change things. But when you find, oh, no, 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 I don't want to be having conversations about this topic or I don't want to run a railroad over my morning routine um, to go, you know, spontaneously meet my mom for coffee. Like that's not, that's not going to be helpful for my long-term stay here. Well, and it may even make you bitter or make you slightly resentful for the fact that your boundaries aren't being respected and you're being so flexible, which seemingly is a good thing if you're a people pleaser. But in the long run, if you're allowing your boundaries to be stepped on and feeling bad about that, it's really going to just reduce the amount of joy that you can even feel in that experience. That and also reduce the amount of time you want to spend with those people. So that doesn't actually help your relationship, even though you think it does in the moment. (laughs) No, it's definitely not good when you're thinking, oh, I can't wait to go home and I can't wait to get out of here and be back in my own routine. And it's like having those boundaries really allows you to keep your routine and have what you need in the moment, even though you're in a different environment. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the the stories that I remember is I started developing different eating habits than my, than my family, um, about 10 years ago. And, um, I was paying a lot of attention to the food that I was putting into my body because I was trying to heal some of these like chronic health issues that had developed, um, over the years. And, I remember one of my family members um, who will go unnamed, she was um, really upset that I wasn't eating along the same lines as everybody else or, you know, just sitting there all night eating leftovers and cookies and all the desserts for hours on end. (laughs) And it was like, it was an insult to her because, you know, she felt that I was like making it seem like they're doing something wrong and I'm on my moral high ground. Right. And I think that was one of the biggest boundaries that I instituted in my family visits was just, what am I what do I want to eat? What do I want to put into my body during this time? When am I planning to indulge? When am I planning not to? And having those clear boundaries for myself made me so much happier and therefore so much of a better person to be around for their benefit as well. Yeah. Well, and I think too, sometimes the you have to be aware that the boundaries that you set maybe counter to the expectations for your family and the people that you're spending time with. Like when you were talking about food, it made me think around trying to set similar boundaries in, you know, when I'm home and how I eat and, and my family food is love. And so food is love. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Like food is love. The preparation that went into Mm -hmm. it is love 
the exactly. consuming of it is love yeah. and the telling the person who made it how wonderful and amazing it is and how happy it makes right. you. Right. And if you only eat two bites, it's like such an insult feels yeah. like to it's, them. It's definitely something that can cause a rift. Um but that's that's why I think so one of my biggest tips for the holidays and just holding my boundaries is I've learned to identify when I have to reset my relationships with certain family members. And I worked with an executive coach years ago who gave me some really good advice on how to reset relationships. And it's to go to a person and tell them, I think that we have a good relationship right now. There's not anything that I want to talk about. Is there anything you want to talk about? So there may be times where you're trying to create a boundary, like the situation you mentioned with your family member, and they're feeling offended or feeling defensive, and they're not understanding why you have that boundary. Going to them and level setting can be a really good way to just restart that relationship. If they have something that they need to say around, oh, well, it makes me uncomfortable that you're not doing this thing that I really want you to do, you can talk about it and simply explain, I have a new boundary. And these are the decisions that I've made for myself and my own best interest. And having that conversation then allows space so that if in the future your boundary becomes an issue again, you can go to that person and say, I thought we were good, but it seems like potentially there's an issue with this boundary. And so I think that we should talk about it. I love that advice. That's really great. Now, I want to know what you do if those conversations don't go so well or if you sort of start getting into what feels like, I don't know, a fight or people start, you know, making comments that are going back and forth. How do you, what are some of your tips around having a conversation that doesn't lead to a blow up? Yeah. So I think the biggest thing that anyone can keep in mind with that is just having empathy and understanding that we're all on this planet. And just because you grew up in the same household as someone, you still have your own unique set of life experiences. You still have your own custom lens that you're viewing life through. And so just knowing and understanding that you may not be on the same page that doesn't reduce the amount of love that's there between you and your family member. And so having some empathy for them and their situation and where they're coming from, I think if you can lead with that as your foundation, really makes it easy to have uncomfortable conversations. Not super easy, but easier to have uncomfortable conversations and not be quite so attached to how the conversations end up. I have gotten into a practice of just creating some really simple responses that I can use when I feel triggered. And some of those are verbal. Some of them are more of an action. So it's something, things that I'll do when I feel What do you mean? So you'll have like pre-written statements that you pull on that you can say or pre-designed actions that you can take. Yeah. Okay. So give us an example of like the statements. Yeah. So perfect example. I have in the past when certain family members were having conversations about 
things that I didn't want to talk about. Typically my love life. Um, my reaction to that would just be to step outside. Uh-huh. Perfect. I'm not here to have this conversation. I've told you guys that I'm not here to have this conversation in the past. And so I literally am removing myself from this space and not having the conversation. Yeah. And you planned that ahead of time. Yes. 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 Because I know, I know myself. I also know my family members. And so I know that at a certain point, trying to talk through it or explain away why I'm not interested in talking about this topic goes in one ear and out the other. And so I love my family, want there to be a less frictioned experience that we're having together. And so there are times where I know that just removing myself from the room gives them an opportunity to find something else to talk about. And then I can join back into the conversation when it's around a topic that I actually enjoy. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love that. And so for you, Sumi, when you have set boundaries in the past, do you feel like it's been easy for you to keep those boundaries going? Or do you find at times maybe you try to set new boundaries and then you kind of revert and regress back into the way that you had been before? So, you know, I did a lot of personal growth. Um from the moment uh, I plopped down on my purple couch <laughs> to to now. And um, if you missed that story, go back and listen to episode one. <laughs> but um, during that time of, you know, really delving into my own triggers and my own patterns and blind spots, I realized that I was trying to set boundaries with people um, without actually understanding that it's not like a one and done type of thing. You you don't usually have the experience where you say something once or you express your needs once and then everybody gets it immediately and they cheers and move on. But wouldn't it be amazing if that's how it <laughs> It works? would be so amazing. And so I think I would, uh, yeah, like a long time ago, you know, I would, I would retreat and, and be like, well, you know, it, it was too much effort to try, try to keep, keep instituting my boundaries because I didn't know that that's part of the process. Oh yeah. So my expectations were just way off from reality. Um, so that is, you know, something that I wanted to offer in this conversation is that, keep going. Like, don't expect that you say something once and it's going to be received or received well. And what I mean by that is the person you're communicating to might not even understand what you're saying because it's so opposite to the way that they're normally used to thinking. So they might not even get like they might not even understand your boundary or understand your request, right? Depending on what it is. And so that's what I mean by it not being received. And then it may not, and then it definitely may not be received well. So even if they understand it, they may not like it. And so, you know, having the emotional capacity to sit with their reaction and not react on your end um, would be 
something that, which I like what you said, you said um, something around not being so concerned about how the conversation goes, but just being concerned about having it, right? So you're not so concerned about getting the result right away, but you're, you're, you're kind of starting the process. Absolutely. So when you've been in some of those situations where you've tried to set a boundary, maybe people didn't like it. And so they wanted to push back and almost kind of, I think it's very unintentional, but it's, it's like wearing someone down and getting yeah, them. Or they just don't get it. Yeah, yeah. Getting them back to the place, getting you back to the place where they can feel comfortable with how things have always been, despite the fact that you're trying to do something different. Are there any things that you would suggest that can be done in that staying steadfast and keeping going and being persistent? And the fact that you're setting this new boundary and you really want it to stick. Yeah. I mean, I would say literally like take a moment, go to your room <laughs> and pull up the, the design that you had made for how you wanted this time to go and look at, all right, you know, do you want to get railroaded and end up like, you know, spending six hours every evening eating cookies or not? Um, and if that's not part of your plan, then remind yourself why it's important to you, right? Because it's easy to go along with familial patterns if we forget what we're creating in our own lives and then why that's so important to us. So just take a moment. Like what really helps me is taking a moment to ground myself. I really like look at, okay, what am I creating in my life? Now it's you know, it's more second nature for me. So I don't, I don't literally have to go pull up my piece of paper, but if it's something that you're working on, it's it's about coming back to why this is important to you, what you're creating for yourself in your own life, and then reminding yourself, this is par for the course. They're not supposed to get it right now. So cool. Everything's cool. Nothing's wrong. Nothing's wrong. Yeah. I think that key point of alignment and just making sure that the boundaries that you're setting and the family structure that you're allowing yourself to operate in is actually truly aligned with what makes the most sense for you and what's going to bring you the most joy and allow you to create that space to spend time with your loved ones, be with your family and feel whole and complete as an individual so that you don't end up in that space where you want to leave early or not be there. It really creates that capacity so that you can stay and be excited yeah. in the time and that you're the spending with them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for as far as like long-term strategy in all the psychology literature, there are four main reasons why people don't stick to their boundaries or where pe why people are easy to cave. <laughs> and so those reasons are one, low self-esteem. Okay. Two, neediness, like the codependent neediness type behavior. Three, guilt, right? Because we all know a good guilt trip is easy to sabotage our plans. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and four, misaligned expectations. And this is like, for example, you thinking they're going to get it right away when they're not. Um, so I think in terms of long-term strategies that people can start or that people can think about is like, you know, how are you working on overall in life? Like, are you thinking about working, like, building your self-esteem and are you in therapy to get over codependent tendencies and, and things like that, that can, that can really help for like long-term feeling a lot more confident in your boundaries? Yeah. Well, I think this has been a really 
good foundation of some ideas and thoughts to just help anyone who's listening better understand the dynamic they may find themselves in when they're home and why it's so important to hold fast to the boundaries that you're setting for yourself. It just, it really ends up helping everyone involved in this situation for you to keep your boundaries. Yes. So we wish you very strong and honored boundaries this holiday season, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. And don't forget, we still have that really amazing incentive for anyone who's listening to this podcast right now, who is looking for a community with other like-minded women, we want to pamper you. And that's why you have an opportunity to win a spa day at the Four Seasons. So how do you get entered in? Three easy steps. First, Make sure you're following this podcast on your podcast app. Press that little follow button. Then write us a short review with a five-star rating. It really helps get the word out to other women who need this content. And then third, share that review. Share your review with us on your Instagram story, but be sure to tag us. It's at Gush Living. We'll pick one lucky winner on January 1st. So go ahead and get entered right now. And we'll see you next time.